It's a good thing we're not doing this on video because Fiona's wearing a shirt that says, huh? I mean, <laughs> I mean to ask her about it. I, I huh? think it stands for Lieferketten Sorgsgefahrpflichtgesetzen. <laughs> and now it's time for the Tech EU Drive at Five with Robin Bouters and Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Well, all right, all right, all right. You have found it. This is the Techie You Drive at Five. I am your host, Dan Taylor, Fiona Olsen, Kate Lawrence, and Robin Vouchers. And we are the droids you're looking for. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode 26. It is a bright and sunny day here in London. I want to get the news and get the hell out of here. Kate, it's been a big week. Tell us what the heck <sighs> happened with Ponzi 2.0. Oh, sorry. Hi, how's everybody? Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, good. No, right. Okay, moving on. Get to the news. <laughs> get, get to the news. Get to the news. <laughs> Yep. The story is basically um, last week, a uh, hedge fund called Hednova um, released a press statement that it was investing 16 million in a Series A fund for an Estonian startup called Carbonomy. So something in the carbon trade, um, carbon credit side of, um, of startups. And what happened was that a PR from a company called Black Unicorn in Estonia actually um, was contacted by a client who uh, re realized that Carbonomy, this um, this startup, had actually plagiarized their entire website, including directly copying their name in um, a section of that website. Um, Always good, yeah. Looking yeah. fishy, looking fishy. And yeah. what actually eventuated was a, a bit of a tale where it's we not only have a startup that um, doesn't exist, but we have a fairly shady, questionable um, hedge fund. So right. this is a hedge fund that claims to invest in a bunch of different things, everything from wine and real estate and um, people's education to startups. It claims to have 400 million in funding, including funds from uh, Morgan Stanley and a Microsoft Innovation Fund, which I've not been able to actually um, verify exists. I waited mm -hmm. to hear back from Microsoft. Um, it also basically what it does is it invites crowd crowd investors. I guess you know start yeah. with five k, you can put right. your money in. So right. and it claims it's invested in a bunch of companies like OpenSea, SpaceX, Flexport, and Robinhood. So big names, big promises. Um, it's currently on Crunchbase, listed for thirty eight five million. Um, it's also in PitchBook, um, Wikipedia, and it's part. It's on you know it's got a trust pilot presence well but i have a trust happens... pilot presence too well, yeah this is where I mean, the story gets you can buy this stuff right exactly right when you dig in like for example the um the founder photos um they have photographs that also appear on stock image websites these trust pilot um ratings all sound very similar and the time frames are kind of kind of interesting um there's also been uh reports in the indian media that the we not just have these kind of, you know, founders that are a little bit shady, but there's actually a, a chief um, investor, head of relations, um, who calls himself Neil Aaron Berla. And the suggestion is that he's not actually who he says he is. He's actually a founder of a previous company called Minance. Um, and this guy was allegedly jailed for investor, illegal investor activities and actually banned from being doing an investment kind of stuff in, in India. So it's this kind of tale of, of intrigue and it brings out two main things, I think. Um, this idea that you could have unknowns. So, you know, the idea that you've got a, a 
investment company that not many people have really heard of. Mm. And you've also got a startup that no one in that niche ecosystem has heard of. Um, Even when this article hit the media and people were talking about it on LinkedIn, all these sort of sites, including a lot of investors, I was waiting. I did not get one person say, oh, I know these people. I know this company. I've heard of this person. Uh, I've met them. Nothing. And so what it brings back to me is that really two really big issues. One is that we have a a practice at the moment where media um, is sort of uh, compiled of press releases that are syndicated. Once they're syndicated, they're, um, I guess, aggregated to go into sites like Deal Room and um, Crunchbase to provide kind of a a trail of, um, some would say, credibility. And that we also have this issue about um, really a warning about, you know, knowing who's who in your ecosystem, who are the investors, who are the startups, who is engaging with who. So it really brings back to how do we do deals and how do we report on these things and how do we make sure that we're not backing scams? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's like you said, it's it's once it hits the wire, uh, it, it's out there. And the, as we all know, the internet is forever, for better or for exactly. worse. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the story of building a, a, a credibility trail, you know, I mean, it doesn't take a, a, a rocket scientist to reverse engineer you know, you get enough trust pilot, uh, you, you, uh, and, and you know what, and I have to say my, my photographer instincts kicked in on this one and I wasn't able to actually track it down, but the images in question that you're talking about, they were on unsplash for a while. (laughs) Yeah. So if you, if you look at the URLs, if you go to, uh, unsplash now, it points to an account travels with Raj. And some of the images, uh, there, there's no headshot there, but it clearly was there because it was archived at some point. Mm. Um, and, and it's a handsome looking guy. I mean, I'd, I'd give this guy five grand. But speaking of <laughs> handsome looking guys, I think Robin wants to weigh in on this. No, I was just wondering because, I mean, we all know the details of the story at this point. I mean, mm. the article got it like an audience of a small country. Um, <laughs> but uh, what, what I'm wondering now is, is there going to be any continuation? Like, are you in there touch is. with Hedanova? Are you doing there a follow up? I have reached out and um, invited them for a on-air, as in on-camera interview, so that we can verify if these people actually exist. Did they bite? Yes. Um, Good. I will be inviting um, contribution. (laughs) And if there's any um, listeners that I um, expertise, have some type of expertise in hedge funds, I'm happy to speak to you as well. Um, So basically what I've been told from other people is that they're quite happy to take calls. Um, what they do is they take calls with prospective investors, but the camera never works. Right. Okay. So you could be speaking to someone anywhere in the world that's got a, um, I don't know, a fake phone number where you, you know, you can get a, a, a so we'll, we'll wait and see. All of this smells like a really elaborate money-making scheme uh, that's quite well organized, I have to say. Very like much a, so. You know, you can poke holes into it, but for the average crowd investor, that might not be obvious. Uh, you know. Exactly. And it's also the same. You could also imagine someone like a, um, an angel investor or someone who's, you know, low stakes, um, wanting to get in. And, and, you know, when you hear someone who says things like, you know, I'm from this university, I've got funding from these companies, I've invested in SpaceX, people are kind of going to go, ah. Okay, there's some credibility there. Well, as we saw, uh, I'm sure we're all over the YouTubes and we see that uh, these scams in India, they're, they're done fleecing old people because they've been mm. glitter bombed. Uh, so now movie, maybe they're moving on to 
angel investors. Who knows? Uh, mm. But great job, Kate. I, I mean, I loved it. I, I, I contributed to that small country. I find it fascinating. Uh, and we'll look forward to the video update and see if Mr. Yeah. Cavendish likes to uh, show up on camera or not. <laughs> but moving on, because we do have a lot of news to cover this week. Uh, Just Eat Takeaway. Anybody ever ordered from them? I, I've never. I live in the UK and I've never ordered from them. Just I eat have. Takeaway? All the time. Really? All right. Well, Robin, you've, you've got some news about the, the jet for us. Take it away. What do we got? The jet. So JustEatTakeaway.com, as they're officially called. Uh, until further notice, still Europe's largest food online ordering and delivery service. Eat that, Dan. I'm uh, eating it. So the- <laughs> I'm eating my own dog food, yes. Said on Tuesday that they uh, will be reorganizing in Britain. So what that means is they're ending an employment model that they call Scoober. 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 What a great name. Uh, I call my dog Scoober. Jesus. Scoober. <laughs> I know, right? So that's their employment model uh, by which it basically employs its own uh, couriers. So it's a decision uh, that they've now made that will impact the jobs of around uh, 1,870 workers in the UK, so almost 2,000. Uh, so so here's the deal. The, the company has long been a prominent defender of um, the European plans for rules, giving you know couriers the rights to full employment right, right. Uh, rather than the self-employed contractor model that's widely used by, by rivals, including Deliveroo and Uber Eats. However, uh, as mentioned, Just Eat also makes use of self-employed couriers, even though they say that they don't. Uh, they're commonly referred to as gig workers, as you know. Uh, they deliver more than 90% of its meals in Britain today. Uh, so essentially what Just Eat is doing is shifting back fully uh, towards a gig economy model over in the UK, and in the process, scrap things like you know guaranteed minimum pay, sick pay, holiday pay, all of that's out the window. Uh, so I believe the correct term for this move is called a U-turn. No, it's, it's called uh, Brexit. It's called Brexit and a right. U-turn <laughs> in one breath. Uh, but I'm quoting Alex Marshall. He's the president of the Independent Workers Union of Great Britain, uh, who said, uh, when Justine said it was going to introduce worker contracts, it did seem like a step in the right direction. It's frustrating. It turns out it was nothing more than a PR stunt, and they are no better than the others who chew up and spit out workers. Um, there was another union exec that called it a betrayal and a step backwards. So lots of words flying around in the media. Uh, for what it's worth, Just Eat said it will retain the employed career model in most parts of continental Europe. Um, and on a side note, when it comes to the European Union, uh, this week also brought the news that the Swedish presidency of the EU Council is going to propose uh, narrowing down the derogation of the, for the presumption of employment. I know that sounds very technical, but it's one of the most contentious parts of the EU's uh, platform or gig workers directive. So all of that tie, ties into each other. Uh, you know, they're basically launching a new attempt to bridge the difference after negotiations broke down back in December. So, uh, in other words, a story to be continued. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we saw the I mean, the, the delivery market is obviously consolidating like uh, like crazy right now. I mean, Caval, I think it was in, in Sweden. I mean, uh, you know, we took a look at that here at TechEU and I don't want to call it a fire sale, but let's call it a fire sale because that's got to be what it was. I mean, when I when I, I remember when they when they splashed on the scene in 2021, I mean, eyeballs rolled and I just kind of thought to myself, oh, Christ, another, and here we are with another online delivery service. How long can they last? And lo and behold, uh, what, about a year, year and a half. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, I mean, workers workers deserve to get paid. And, and I mean, we've all ordered food. And I, I'll tell you what, I still give these guys a pound tip 
You know, I keep I keep a, a, a coin jar by, by the front door. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I can tip them in the app, but I never trust that. Who knows where yeah, the money's totally. going. So I, I always give them a pound when they uh, when they show up at the door. Oh, that's a good point. I use the app. I mean, it's, I'm going to yeah, stop Dude, that. where's that money going? Mm-hmm. You don't know. I mean, th- maybe they have point. to claim taxes on it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not one for cheating on my taxes or anything. <laughs> creative accounting is always a good thing. But speaking of creative accounting or maybe not no let me backpedal on that fiona you you're a powerhouse this week you cranked them out like nobody's business i mean fiona was uh complaining this morning she said i'm looking forward to the weekend because i'm actually gonna sleep uh because i think there was some some i mean you had some interesting information and uh linguistically interesting information come your way what what happened well, when I am sleeping, I will be sleeping of seed funding rounds. But uh, yes, <laughs> before I get on to that, I do want to mention that they were all genuine rounds. Um, and a couple that um, I should mention is Lithuania's Ag Finance um, Heavy Finance raised $3 million, um in seed funding. In the UK, Gojo, which is a social fitness app. So if you want to get fit with your co-workers, but they don't have to see <laughs> See you getting fit. You can join them. Stop on looking this. at me, guys. I mean, I know COVID was rough. Okay, I put a few pounds on. Um, so Jesus, they raised, why would you want to um, get <laughs> fit with your co-workers? Why wouldn't you want to get fit with your co-workers? I feel a competition coming on here. Uh, Gojo, the social fitness app, they managed to raise um, in seed funding. Um, 1.2 million pounds and Luxembourg's cloud management no-code platform Emma bagged six million dollars but there was a couple of um, press releases that came in and I was having a day so I wasn't sure (laughs) if the PRs were really taking the mick out of me here or not but Finland's medtech MVision said that they had raised a post-seed funding round, which I had to quickly ask Dan what that was, because obviously I didn't know. (laughs) I don't know. And uh, the Dutch Climtech startup, One Third, um, they were calling theirs a late seed funding round. So... I decided that if we are going to get creative with these, we have to not use such crap names as these guys have come up with. And um, I think if you're going to have a post seed, if you're going to email me about it, you have to call it a seedling round. And if you're going to call it like a late round, um, but you don't, you maybe just didn't get the series A that you wanted. So you're just going to have to announce anyway. I think we should call that a sapling before sapling. we go to Series A. Yeah, right. So that's where it's at. But yes, that's inspired. I did. <laughs> yeah, get creative with these rounds, or don't email us. Actually, do just keep it coming. Keep it coming, please. Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually I'm, I'm all in favor of getting more creative with these names because the more stupid names we have for these funding rounds, the more people are going to get confused, and maybe at some point there'll be like a a pendulum swing back to like just regular naming. But I mean, well, I think I think one of the you know my favorite are B two, series yeah, B two yeah. rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B two and a half. A and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think I even took the liberty of calling one a B fifty two bomber at some point. <laughs> I, I you know I I just I, I I went there with it. But thank you, Fiona. Um, I mean, Fiona Alston, one to never express her thoughts or really share what she's thinking <laughs> with us. Thank you for checking in. 
Uh, and last but not least uh, is me, I guess. I'll, I'll talk about some a couple things that I found interesting this week. Uh, I think the biggest round that we clocked this week, uh, save for a telco, I mean, which telco, tech EU, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tech, yeah. but yeah, no, uh, was uh, Integrity Next. And before I even tell you what they did, I don't understand how they missed Serenity Now as a, as a tagline, you know, integrity now, serenity next. It just, I don't know, integrity next. Uh, and what these guys are doing is uh, it appears to be they're a bit uh, OG when it comes to the sustainability and uh, ESG compliance kind of stuff. Uh, they've been around since 2016 and uh, prior to what was it yesterday, day before, I don't know, sometime this week, uh, prior to sometime this week, uh, they've been bootstrapped for uh what is that seven or so years and they took on their first institutional investor uh with uh, eqt growth at 100 million so i mean if you're going to take on external funding eqt growth and 100 million it is a pretty good way to to walk into the market you know Um, this this is a sidebar but you know what i always wonder when when these things happen yeah. I wonder how many investors were banging on their doors oh, for years, years making offers mm. until this happened. Oh, absolutely. And they and they weathered the storm. They were able to sustain. <laughs> you get it? Sustain. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, they were able to sustain operations for, like I said, seven years uh, before they decided to uh, take on a, a, a very nice sized check. I, I'm hoping, I really hope. There's a summer holiday in store for the three founders. I, I know that's not what you use the money for, but it sounds to me like these guys could deserve a, you know, a, a nice month in the Swiss Alps or something. Uh, but the, uh, according to the statement released by um, uh, Integrity Next, the uh, raise is aimed at leveraging EQT growth's expertise and, quite frankly, let's be honest, industry connections. So what they want to do is they want to push their wares out to everybody across Germany and, and, and Europe. Uh, and what they're doing is they're ramping up operations to meet, ready? I practiced. Here we go. To go, meet go, go. Ger- Germany's act on corporate due diligence to prevent human rights violations in supply chains, or in German, the Lieferketten-Sorgsgefahrtpflichtgesetzen, or LKSG for short. I mean, why they would want to shorten that, I have no idea. No idea. So, I mean, it just <laughs> rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? That's horrible. Great yeah, natürlich. Word. Die Lieferketten-Sorgsgefahrtpflichtgesetzen. Ja, verdammt. You're you know, going to need a stiff drink before you even take I that. Had, uh, me and Jack Daniels do a lot of broadcasting together. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, uh, they'll be meeting the German Lieferketten-Sorgsgefahrtpflichtgesetzen, or LKSG for short, and the EU's Ready? And, and the EU, I mean, how could they top that? Because they just went with the CSRD, which stands for the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. Uh, regulations, which are coming up soon. So Serenity Now, excuse me, Integrity Next is working on that. Uh, and that's what $100 million is aimed at. Moving on, another one that I, oh, and, and this was a dovetail of a day for me. Man, this was great. Deep Drive. Uh, they are in Munich. They uh, drove home 15 million in a round led by BMW iVentures. iVentures, you gotta wonder, did they name that fund around the time of the iPod, the iPhone? They were just like iVentures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 it's it's not wearing well the name. Yeah, but but anyway. Also, the, also the cars, BMW i range. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Light bulb moment. Thanks. Thanks. Penny. Thanks. This this is why I have the team on. Uh, so what they're doing, they're working on a new form of uh, drivetrain for EVs. 
Uh, and one that, from my understanding, and I was so, oh, I was so proud of this. Do, do you guys ever get that where you, 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 you break something down and you phrase it in such a way that the minute you hit the, the full stop on that sentence, you just take your fingers off the keyboard and go, man, that was good. This is just me. Okay, this is just me that does that. But, ready? The way I broke it down, quote, You've got something here that could dust a Ferrari Enzo, be as quiet as a mouse, and use less power to accomplish both than a Prius. I, I, every time I write something like that, I do hear James May's voice in the back of my head, or or Jeremy Clarkson. But we'll 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 end the Clarkson when the camera when the camera is on. Okay, Clarkson off camera. There's a whole other story. So uh, yeah, that was that was the deal with Deep Drive, which then you know because I quoted Ferrari, I then had to go look at uh, Ferrari, and would wouldn't you know it? Lo and behold. Ferrari got hacked this week, or last week, or they let people know that they got hacked this week. Uh, and the deal with that is, a statement for, from Ferrari said uh, that they had been contacted by a threat actor. I want to be a threat actor. Contacted by a threat actor with a ransom demand relating to certain contact details uh, and a further notification sent to, quote, Ferrariistas, like baristas, but owners of Ferraris, Ferrarista, noted that certain data relating to our clients was exposed, including names, addresses, email address, and telephone numbers. Your data may have been included as part of this incident. However, based on our investigation, no payment details and or bank account numbers and or other sensitive payment information, nor details of Ferrari cars owned or ordered have been stolen. <gasps> now, I don't know about you folks, but... This is the second time the Ferrari's been hacked in about six months. Last October, uh, a group called Ransom EXX walked off with about seven gigabytes of data that saw a bunch of internal documents, data sheets, repair, repair manuals, and, quote, more disappear from Ferrari's databases. Uh, so I don't know about you, but it's not exactly for a flatter, it's not exactly flattering news for a company whose base model car starts at $226,000. And they've got an EV coming out in 2025 that's expected to land at $321,000. You know, I mean, hacks can happen to anybody, but this is the winningest Formula One team ever. Excuse me? You'd you'd think they'd have their (laughs) shit sorted up. Don't tell me McLaren. Can I just point out that Ferrari is having a very challenging start of the 2023 campaign in Formula One? Thank you. Well, this the, yes, but it doesn't denote the fact that they are the winningest all time. Winningest? F1 team. Is that even a word? No. I had to look it up. It is. <laughs> it is, it now. is. Winningest. Look it up. Really? Winningest. It is a oh. word. Jesus. All right. Well, listen. Before I make any more grammatical mistakes, uh, that that was my uh, deep dive into deep dive. Huh, deep oh, you're drive. right. Oh, that's the nice. winningest. Winningest. What the hell? See, it's a having word. achieved the most success in competition. Wow. I told you. I told you. Well, listen, before I make any more oh, grammatical mistakes, good. I was very excited to uh, to do two automotive stories in one day. Uh, but speaking of automotive, holy cow, look at the time. Man, I'm going to cut this down, but still, we are way long. Robin, it's almost time to get out of here. You got one more thing? I do. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to try and keep it brief. Uh, but we had uh, one of our freelance contributors, John Reynolds, uh, wrote a really good piece on TechU uh, about the state of neobanks in Europe. Uh, well worth the read because it comes with a lot of numbers, including on things like revenues and profits and funding, amount of customers, etc. Uh, so it gives a very helpful comparison, I think, of what's going on in the wonderful world of neobanks. Uh, lots of insights into the seven biggest ones, you know, the Monzos and uh, Starling banks of this world. Uh, and John's main conclusion is that neobanks have enjoyed only, you know, mixed success so far. 
uh, even the biggest name uh, in, in the fintech space, and that those who appear to be winning the race are also having trouble achieving or maintaining profitability as their investors are, of course, pressuring their portfolio companies to deliver a return at some points. So a uh, really, really good expose on the state of neobanks in Europe, which I encourage everyone to read. There's a bit in there about their strategy and the way that they're diversifying the business. So well worth a read. That's it. Are there pretty pictures? No. No a Really, really pretty table. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. nice. Some, well, some okay, tables. tables are good. Tables are visuals. Mm. Okay, yes. I'm a visual learner. Shout out to Tamara. If you're listening in, thank you for the table. Yes. I, I, I annoyed her so much into like fixing it a little bit. She had to make five, six changes before it was up to it's, my... It's okay, uh, Robin. You annoy all irrational of us standards. <laughs> Mostly every day. All right. Well, listen, that is all the time we have at The Drive at Five. Thanks again, as always, folks, for listening in. I'm going to switch it up this week. We've had Kate Lawrence on drums, Fiona Alston on lead guitar, Robin's underwater holding down the low end on bass. My name's Dan Taylor. Yours is not. And we are out of here.